Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Pender Podcast. I am Maria Pacella, Senior VP of Pender Fund and the Portfolio Manager of the Pender Technology Inflection Fund. Today, I'm sitting down with Laurent Pelessier, the CEO of Clarius Mobile Health. The Pender Technology Inflection Fund has an ownership stake in Clarius, and I sit on the board of directors. Laurent has been at the forefront of developing and commercializing cutting-edge ultrasound technology. Prior to Clarius, he founded Ultrasonics, which became a leading provider of research ultrasound platforms and was eventually sold to Analogic in 2013. Laurent then went on to found Clarius in 2014 with a goal to enable more clinicians to use high-performance ultrasound imaging systems at the point of care. He has 70 patents pending and granted in the field of medical imaging. Clarius is an inflection stage health tech company which has developed and commercialized wireless handheld ultrasound scanners that can be used in hospitals and more impressively, they work remotely. So whether it's used in a physio office, by remote emergency services or elsewhere, imaging can be captured to the cloud and sent ahead of the patient to a treatment center. Laurent and I will talk about his entrepreneurial journey, what he had hoped to achieve when he founded Clarius, the problems the company is trying to solve and why they are challenging. We will talk about the breakthroughs Clarius has made, where Laurent hopes to take the company in its quest to become a global leading ultrasound data company. This podcast is for information purposes only. It should not be viewed as investment advice or as an offer to buy or sell Pender's funds. Our funds are not guaranteed, and any discussion of past performance is not an indicator of future results. Any opinions expressed are as of the date of this podcast and are subject to change. Pender may not necessarily share the opinions of our podcast guests. More important information can be found on our website, penderfund.com forward slash disclaimer. Laurent, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for inviting me. So Laurent, you came to Canada from France in about 1999 after graduating with a master's in science and electrical engineering. What made you come to Canada? So yes, I grew up in France and uh, was always uh, interested in programming and uh, always in, interested in computers. And so uh, at a young age, I started with uh, programming on uh, Macintosh 128. And uh, I was always fascinated by the Silicon Valley and where all the action was happening. So initially, my thought was try to immigrate to the US. And uh, I was uh, just, uh, I was in France, just uh, had a baby and figured it was difficult to uh, immigrate to US. So what about going to Canada? And I had been here for a couple of weeks when I was 13. So got in touch with the people I was staying with and uh, said, yeah, you can stay at our place. So I ended up in uh, Vancouver and I'm pretty happy with that. Great. Well, we're very happy that we were your second choice. <laughs> <laughs> so um, given your interest in, in technology and engineering in general, what um, made you think about applying that knowledge to ultrasound? Um, I think it's just by chance when I finished Electrical engineering. My first job was uh, in uh, an ultrasound lab. I was designing hardware, software for uh, a medical, like uh, hardware-based ultrasound machine. And uh, with my background, I had done quite a bit of software programming on my own before. Uh, I thought, well, I'd like to try and make a software-based ultrasound machine. This was an interesting project for me. Now. Uh- Pretty quickly, you decided to kind of break it on your own with your first startup, Ultrasonics. Uh, 
did you, what made you decide to go the startup route? When I first started, I guess the, the main thing was I, when I came here, I found a job as a software engineer and uh, I was somewhat feeling like I, I don't use all the resources I have to offer or I don't have enough of an interesting project. And so I was quite passionate about doing projects. So I, I started without really any um, a specific idea of what the business would look like, but just I started to have an interesting project. And I, when I came here, I had some savings <clears throat> uh, that you have to put aside when you immigrate. So uh, I figured, let me use that. And then I was lucky enough to um, uh, meet uh, a radiologist who I explained my project of software ultrasound machine to. And he uh, he said, well, let's try to start this project together. So that's how I got started. Great. So that was the, the basis for Ultrasonics? That's right. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so tell us a bit more about Ultrasonics and, and what the products were. So initially, we put together a small team developing. Again, it was a software-based ultrasound machine. Initially, the machines at that time, that was like 20 years ago, uh, were mostly hardware-based. And uh, again, just out of interest, like can we miniaturize, make it you know PC based kind of thing? So we started with this idea, and um, we didn't really know who were the customers for that product initially. Just happened by chance that uh, UBC was starting a new ultrasound research program, and they needed a programmable ultrasound machine, and we were the perfect fit for that. So that's how we got started. And so is that where you recruited some of the first employees is right out of that program? Uh, actually, first, the very first employee was uh, recruited out of BCIT. Okay. And uh, he was the longest standing employee of Ultrasonics after, I think, after? up to 20 years. Oh, wow. Excellent. <laughs> that was his first experience. And uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's still there. Okay. Um, so with Ultrasonics, did you get started with some seed money? Did you uh, use grants? Um, how did you raise money? Uh, so we really bootstrapped the company for the first, let's say, two, three years with the radiologist partner who invested and uh, uh, he brought in other doctors who invested. So we raised uh, money through these means initially. And in 2002, we were very fortunate to meet Dr. Chen Fong, who is a renowned uh angel investor in the field of healthcare and uh, him and his uh, partners were able to finance the company uh, for you know for the next uh, few years so was the only source of funding for uh, ultrasonics mostly individuals that's right we didn't raise venture money and so how did you um, go about um, kind of building your team and, and building your board for example so building the board, uh, initially the board was uh, made up of the investors, early investors, and we had one lawyer on the board. Uh, eventually, as uh, Dr. Fong came in and uh, other investors, we added to the board, in addition to investors, we added uh, um, some industry experts uh, who came in as uh, investors as well. And we basically had two industry experts and the rest was uh, various investors, so a board of, composed of seven people. Ultimately, Ultrasonics was sold successfully to Analogic, and it was, uh, as most uh, startup journeys, uh, interesting ups and downs along the way. Um, what would you say were some of the 
toughest decisions you had to make along the way? Yeah, so we went through, I guess, two cycles of seven years, roughly, uh, from 2000 to 2008. And then 2008 to, actually, that's five years, to 2013. <clears throat> um, yeah, we did, uh, we decided to bring in uh, a management team at some point from uh, General Electric uh, who really turned what was a research project that we had going into a real company. I think the challenges uh, that occurred at that time was that uh, we really didn't have enough funding to fund that team and uh, and the new way to operate. And it was 2007, so the the plan was to go public, and then basically everything shut down from that standpoint. So uh, one of the toughest parts of growing Ultrasonics was uh, like a 30% plus downsize in uh, that occurred in 20, 2008. Yeah, so you had to rely on good old customer revenue. Um, That's right. Yeah, uh, so that. A- after that, we basically restructured the company, I would say, to <clears throat> become profitable and just grow organically from there uh, up to the exit in 2013. And so would you say some of the lessons learned were to kind of capitalize the company uh, to be prepared for any kind of business cycle or, in that yeah, case, financial crisis? Right. Uh, hard to prepare for those, I suppose, um, especially ones that are unprecedented like uh, 2008. Um, but certainly always keeping in mind, um, you know, the capital structure, I guess, and capacity. Yeah, definitely. I think <clears throat> this is something always on our mind. Like try to, uh, and I guess it's the way businesses grow, like uh, just uh, uh, what people say, plan for the worst, hope for the best. And uh, I think that's quite applicable. Mm-hmm. Any other kind of lessons learned from that experience? Yeah, I would say uh, just persistence uh, in uh and just uh, you know, the approach to never give up. Like uh, so it's, there's difficult times, and I think uh, you know, from the management side, try try to keep going, and most importantly, listen to your customers, listen to your employees. Yeah, I think that's what we learned during that phase. Great. So uh, when you did come to sell Ultrasonics, uh, was it a tough decision to sell? Some investors had been in for about um, for, for, yeah, 13 years, I guess, like from the beginning. And there was a real uh, appetite to exit at this point, pri- exit private equity companies. So I think we really uh, were convinced that it was the right time. And um, yeah, so that was a pretty easy decision. The process itself took uh, more than year, actually 18 months in total. So it was quite a long process. Mm-hmm. So right time in, ser- in terms of where the market was for the product? Yeah, for yeah. the industry. I think we were at a time where the, like back in 2013, the industry started to, especially for point of care ultrasound and even research ultrasound, starting to be more mature and uh, more competitive, uh, new entrants, low price. And so as a small startup, I think for us, it would have been difficult to continue without additional funding. And so having the analogic purchase ultrasonics was uh, a good way to get under the umbrella of a larger corporation and be more competitive and 
and so on and so forth. Um, so you um, took a bit of a break. Well, you went to go work for that big company for a while and uh, probably not right. uh, not in your DNA. Um, and then you took a bit of a break, which was nice, I'm sure, to spend some time with the family. Um, and then you're doing it again. Um, so what made you want to do another startup and in particular, uh, Clarius? That's right. So, yeah, we... I think a few of us, like uh, of the team, took a break um, and uh, spent some time uh, with family or looking at other projects. I think we, or at least personally, I always have the idea to keep busy. And uh, I looked at different options for what to do in the future. And uh, it turns out after looking at a lot of different options, first, anything, then healthcare, then imaging, and then it boiled down to the only thing really that I'm really expert in is ultrasound. And so I figured what's next for ultrasound. And I got together with a friend of mine who was um, uh, also with a competitor of ours, Sonosite, and Sonosite just was purchased by Fuji. So he left kind of same situation, and he's been in ultrasound for... Uh, over 30 years plus and uh, him and I were talking like what's next for ultrasound and uh, you know we wanted to find something that hasn't been done before where the market's going and clearly it's uh, handheld like more portable ultrasound make ultrasound ubiquitous and uh, easier to use so that it can be a useful technology at point of care so this is how we had the idea to get started with Clarius. So go smaller and wireless. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think differently than just being, uh, you know, all you know is ultrasound that perhaps you might be an expert in, uh, in ultrasound. Right. Yeah, so. uh, <laughs> I think we can say that. Yeah. As doctor. I mean, uh, not, yeah, not in a pretentious way, but that's pretty much the only yeah, thing I I've been doing. Yeah, <laughs> I can good. say it. In fact, Dr. Chen Fong would say you're one of the top three in the world. So, um, so. What are the challenges uh, facing ultrasound today, and how is Clarius solving going about to solve those? So, yeah, so uh, with Clarius, I think we're going into a new market segment that's just really starting with ultrasound devices. Uh, traditionally, ultrasound machines. Uh, most people are familiar with the larger systems in hospitals, and that's not going anywhere. It's still going to remain for uh, abdominal. Uh, exams or small parts and pregnancies and things. And in the last 15 years, there was miniaturization of ultrasound machines. So a lot of laptop equipment that came to be uh, used at point of care with, uh, for example, in emergency departments to look at uh, internal bleeding or for performing, for guiding procedures. And uh, what we find is there's... um, so more and more doctors are being trained on ultrasound in medical schools or during their medical program. And uh, there's a, um, a growing interest to bring ultrasound uh, closer to the doctor, closer to the patient for, uh, you know, as, for, as part of a routine exam and to look at different pathologies, as well as uh, guide procedures. What advances uh, in the underlying technology and tools uh, have um, allowed you to build Clarius today, which wouldn't have been possible, say, five, ten years ago? Right. So from a technology 
stand point is really around uh, miniaturization of integrated circuits with um, like 14 nanometer or less technology for systems on ships and things like that. So I think when we look at what we had done in the past, uh, we had a, uh, I think it was 12 inch by 16 inch by two inch PCB set. And uh, nowadays you can do the same thing uh, with uh, just a system on ship really. And that runs Linux and various, uh, various software. So that's really the enabling technology that we leverage. Okay. Anything on the wireless side? That's Wi-Fi. Yeah, Wi-Fi yeah. technology, I guess, uh, has improved like the higher mm -hmm. bandwidth and and also again miniaturization of these Wi-Fi modules and the drivers, all the software, embedded software that came with Linux and things like that, where you don't have to invent everything yourself. So we leverage yeah. all these technologies. Um, and any particular breakthroughs uh, that the company has made in particular, whether it's on the technology or product that you can, of course, disclose, uh, not trade secret or anything like that, uh, or on uh, the business model or anything else, what would you say would be any breakthroughs that the company has made? I think some of the uh, uh, techniques we employ uh, as far as beamforming and uh, it goes beyond what the traditional systems are using. Uh, you couldn't really replicate exactly the processing of a big machine into a small handheld device. And so we're taking different approaches to beamforming, to image processing uh, that, are, that we're able to embed into a, such a small device. And when we first started, we did, some, we did some simulations. We were not sure the results we would get, but now we're quite, you know, generally uh, we are <laughs> impressed by our own work, but most likely, <laughs> uh, the, you know, customers are impressed with the level of image quality that you can get out of something this small. So in terms of breakthrough, I'd say, you know, algorithms that are embedded into this system are, are quite novel. And then on, on the business side, uh, because of reduced size, reduced number of components, uh, we can get to a price point that's appealing to a broader audience. And so when we look at traditionally ultrasound systems sell for uh, the laptop machines from 25 or $20,000 to $50,000 kind of thing. Uh, and so because of reduced product cost, uh, now we can reach uh, the sub $10,000 price point. And that does disrupt the industry because of the performance we offer at this lower price point. And then if you go one step further, you can have a, um, a we, we go on subscription models where the cost of acquisition of the device becomes very minimal, the cost of a PC and a monthly subscription that can provide you services, education, and various things that, uh, that are very, um, uh, in demand for new users of ultrasound. So what opportunities do emerging or disruptive technologies such as AI offer the handheld ultrasound segment? So I, I think this is a huge part of uh, what's going to happen in terms of this new market for handheld ultrasound. Um, we see that most users interested in this kind of device are not the traditional ultrasound users, it's a new category of users. And the main uh, gap or the, the main uh, thing that 
they need is ultrasound education. And so we're embedding technologies into the device that allow uh, to get proper education uh, for scanning with ultrasound for specific procedures. We're not m trying to solve every problem, but uh, our customer base uh, has interest in various procedures, uh, like screening, looking at uh, um, fluid in the abdomen, counting the, you know, looking at uh, pulmonary issues. So we're, uh, we're adding a technology that allows them to get training, one-on-one -on -one training uh, live using a FaceTime type uh, technology, right embedded right on the device, transmitting ultrasound images to a reviewer or a teacher, if you will. And that's one part of the equation. The other part that's going to be as important is uh, artificial intelligence and guiding uh, users on how to generate a good quality image or what they are actually looking at. And so at Clarius, we have a great effort in that field. Uh, one of the products that we offer, uh, and we're still working on it, but we already have four different um, groups that have developed technology based on this platform. It's the Clarius AI platform. And really, it's an open platform that allows you to uh, acquire images as they go to the cloud. You can label your images. And then uh, where the magic happens, I would say, is you can export this into Google TensorFlow and train your model, export your model, and bring it back into a separate app that runs in real time. So what this allows is with minimal technology requirements, really, it's just a scanner and TensorFlow, you can actually um, develop uh, models that allow you to uh, guide the user for specific applications. The implication of this is quite big because we can collaborate with a large number of institutions that have interest in different things, whether it's as broad as l finding fluid in the abdomen or looking at where is the shoulder before you want to plan a, a procedure or looking at... Um, uh, non-medical applications, any kind of application really. And each group has their own interest. And by using this platform, they can uh, train their own model, which we they can test almost uh, instantly. And obviously for Clarius, it's an opportunity to license back technology and offer this to our customer base. That's terrific. I'm um, just, again, one of the many reasons why we're so excited to be investors in Clarius. So given all of this and the opportunity ahead of us, uh, where do you hope to take Clarius? Uh, we are lucky in a way that uh, the handheld ultrasound market is really just uh, still pretty small today, but it's expected to grow exponentially over the next few years. And I think uh, Clarius is already a recognized brand in this market with uh, along with large competitors that have limited focus on this market, I'd say GE, Philips, and uh, new startups as well that have limited experience in ultrasound, like Butterfly. So I think, you know, in terms of uh, position today, we're very well positioned. We own a good portion of the market. Uh, this market is going to grow exponentially and through continued, continued sorry, innovation and leading the way in AI, 
uh, our goal is to become a major player in this uh, in this growing market. Terrific. I like that double jab, the big guys and the, the low-end <laughs> competitors. <laughs> well done. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Laurent. Thanks. Thank you for listening. For more information on the Pender Technology Inflection Fund, please visit penderfund.com. Pender is an independent, employee-owned investment firm located in Vancouver, British Columbia. Our goal is to protect and grow wealth for our investors over time. To achieve this, we seek to understand the quality of a business or security, obtain more value than we are paying for, deploy capital in flexible mandates, and mitigate downside risk. We have a talented investment team of expert analysts, security selectors, and independent thinkers. They manage a suite of niche investment funds with active, concentrated portfolios of value-based, occasionally contrarian investments. We invest in our funds too. You can learn more at pandafund.com.